1: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv/ slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And, folks, we are going to return to this crazy woman. Uh, Talking about the ability to uh, shock this male slash female, whatever it is. I don't even know anymore what these people are that they use in these advertisements. Anyway, this girl, I think it's a girl. She's sitting at a desk and she's got on a shawl, like an old knitted green, army green shawl. Let's uh, continue here.
0: When their mind starts to wander to help them refocus and hone their attention. There's another pathway forward with this technology which I find to actually be quite exciting and something that I think companies should be experimenting with. And that is the use of the technology to make the workplace a more responsive workplace to the individual worker. We've all heard the whole idea that robots are coming for our jobs, that there will be no jobs left for humans. With generative AI, I think we have good reason to wonder how we're going to integrate that in ways that keep us relevant and challenged and
1: important uh, in the workplace. This goes without saying, folks, but no one ever points out that the solution to AI and robots taking jobs is not to build AI or robots. Okay, that's the solution. But you know the real solution is singularity to merger of man and machine. So the only way to present yourself from becoming useless and being rendered uh, just a, a dredge on society is for you to merge with machine. So, I mean, obviously, this is what the technocrats are always talking about. I wonder, because I'm not a futurist, I sit here and I do research on the technologies and I know what's coming, just like she claims to have done. Can I get up at the World Economic Forum or TED Talk or something like that and present my theory, which is, let's go back to the caves. Let's go back to, like, a single technological invention, fire. Uh, Can I get up there and make this case, folks? Because every single person in this world in any position of power or perceived power— All they do is talk about more technology, more technology, more technology, and more technology. And the solution to technology destroying humanity is more technology to outdo the technology, to create the technology, to build the technology, to monitor the technology, to govern the technology, to engineer the technology, to be able to uh, combat the technology that the technology is creating the technology that's causing the problems of the technology. Do you see how it works? It's just this constant loop. And as each new piece of technology comes out, the more problems we have, the more freedom you lose. And it goes on and on and on. Let's continue.
0: But there's a different pathway forward, which is a responsive workplace. One where humans and robots and AI work seamlessly together in order to optimize a better and healthier workplace. In one experiment, Penn State researchers we were able to show that by monitoring brainwave activity with AI in a factory setting, the robot could sense stress levels in the individual and change the speed with which they were giving tasks to the human, calibrating it so that rather than suffering from cognitive
1: overload, it would bring it to levels of cognitive load. Uh, Do you see this, what's happening here? This is now moving from technology supposedly making your life better, making the task easier, right? So instead of churning butter with your finger, you churn butter with a stick, right? And So now you have this stick. That's your piece of technology. That's your machine. It makes it easier and easier to the point now where the robot and the machine is going to tell the stupid human what to do. I see this. This is this is how it works, folks. We are entering the point in which the machines and the AI and the robots actually manage the stupid humans. And if you think for a minute that you're going to survive inside of this system, you are crazy. Okay, you are crazy. You will not survive in the system because they will render you to be useless. You already were 100 years ago in the original Technocracy Incorporated documents when you were deemed to be a human engine, an inefficient human engine. With all the food and the oxygen that the system lets you have, you only put 10% of that back into the workforce in the form of work. And so you were rendered to be a drain on society. All right, a drain on the system. This is the beginning here. We can still stop it if people would actually fight back against it, if people would say no, if people weren't afraid of losing their paycheck. You can keep taking the paycheck, and you're going to engineer yourself into a ditch, into your own grave. All right, just think of any movie you've seen where you have a doofus digging a ditch with a soldier, Or some guard, some Nazi type, standing there with a gun to the guy's head. And the guy sits there like a buffoon, and he digs a hole. He digs a big ditch. And then the soldier shoots him in the head and kicks his body into the ditch. The guy dug his own grave. That's what we are doing. No one is standing up against this. No one is speaking out against this. No one is refusing to be part of this system. And all these companies implementing this against their employees to do what? to make products to sell to other stupid humans, to other people that are out there at some other workplace being bossed around by a robot and managed by artificial intelligence. If we allow this to happen, and I'm kind of going off of my theme because I've told you, exit the system and then fight back ideologically. But if we allow this to happen, if the collective allows this to happen, they deserve what they get, folks. This is why some of these people, you are not going to be able to drag them along with you. If they agree to be managed by AI and robots, there is no hope for them anyway. Let's continue.
0: This idea of cognitive ergonomics is what I think is the future of the healthier workplace, a place that adapts to our abilities, slows down when we need to slow down, and helps us to reset so that we don't suffer from endless cycles of stress. In fact, Microsoft recently did a study on uh, employees during the pandemic. Using Brainwave activity, they were able to discover a couple of interesting insights. One is Zoom-based or other video-based meetings are more tiring for our brains than in-person conversations. and This is because of misaligned gaze, because of also the way we've scheduled it. People do back-to-back meetings where you have five minute breaks in between. They also discovered something else that's quite interesting, which is that the different backgrounds for each person is also more stressful for the brain. So they introduced together mode, which has the same shared background for each of the employee, each of the people who are on the screen, which brings down stress levels, all responsive to brainwave activity. These are innovations that can make our lives better. So what's the pathway forward?
1: There are innovations, technological innovations that can make your life so-called better inside the technological system or exit the system. Let's continue.
0: In some ways and in some contexts, surveillance of the human brain can be powerful, helpful, useful, transform the workplace and make our lives better. It also has a dystopian possibility of being used to exploit and bring to the surface our most secret self. It threatens fundamentally what our own self identity is in some ways and threatens to become a tool of oppression.
1: Okay, she's telling you what the real purpose is. Again, I have to repeat that. She's telling you what the actual goals of the technology are. She started off this conversation, don't forget, by telling you that you mean nothing, that you are just data. And your emotions and your feelings and everything else are just data. So she already reduced you as a human down to a data packet. That's it that's it you're just a machine as far as they're concerned she already told you that now she's telling you that this is going to bring a dystopian future where you won't even have any self worth anymore nothing you identify as just another machine that they're plugging another machine into that is it she's telling you the goal let's continue
0: but we can make a choice we can make a choice to use it well We can make a choice to have it be something that empowers individuals, that helps them gain insights into their own mental health and well-being, improves their own productivity and wellness, and sets them on a pathway where, like quantifying your heart rate or other kinds of health, it can be something that unlocks potential for humanity. We can't decode speech, and we may never decode full thoughts from the brain using simple wearable devices. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot we can already decode. There isn't a lot that we will not be able to decode in the coming days. As AI becomes more powerful, as the sensors become more powerful, more and more of what's in the brain will become transparent. I believe we have to start by recognizing a right to cognitive liberty. This is a right to self-determination over our brains and mental experiences. It requires that we update existing international human rights like freedom of thoughts mental privacy, and self-determination over our own mental experiences.
1: All right, folks. So the system, the state that's going to build the technology, release the technology, enslave humanity is then going to focus on writing a new constitution of cognitive liberty and give you back your liberty from the slave system they just built. If you buy that, ladies and gentlemen, if you buy that, then plug yourself in to this matrix because you deserve it. You deserve it if you actually believe this. If you believe the state is going to govern its own dystopian technology in order to give you back the freedom that they are stealing from you with the very technology, they are going to limit the abuses they're allowed to make with the technology that's designed to abuse you, designed to enslave you, then you are in fact crazy. Plug yourself into the system.
0: But that's not enough. We have to do more and corporations have to adopt best practices for the implementation of this technology. That requires being transparent about what data is being collected and for what purposes. Focusing on positive uses for employees to improve their workplace productivity, increase safety and decrease the burdens on individuals. We also have to be mindful of the changing landscape of biometric laws as this information becomes part of the workplace environment and decide to move forward in a way that is best for humanity, using the technologies and ways that enable us on a pathway forward rather than oppress us. I think that's a possibility we can still choose. I hope it's one that you'll join me in choosing.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll join you in choosing that. This woman is not a futurist, ladies and gentlemen. She is the HR department for the technocracy. She's sitting there, and her job is to talk to the humans and get them on board with selling out their dignity, their autonomy, their liberty, and, of course, their very humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust of Gold with the Dust of Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And of course, you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And how do I know that, folks? Because you're wearing a brain transparency device, and I can read your mind. All right, let's continue with this woman, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I was monitoring all of your brainwaves and I could tell that you were all engaged, though most of you were scared out of your socks. Okay. <laughs> is there any possibility, one of the things that's interesting, is there any possibility that this technology could work while not actually touching your skin? Right like right now, you have to make a choice to put on a headset or a hat or something in your ears. Is it possible that the WEF could have it in the ceiling?
0: Um, no. Uh, not for brainwave technology, but it is possible to disrupt brainwaves remotely. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there, you know, If you've heard of Havana Syndrome, Havana Syndrome is a belief that people have suffered from, the leading theory is that it's targeted microwave activity of brains to disrupt brainwave activity. There's no proof of it yet, but there's at least a couple dozen cases where there isn't a good explanation for why the individual suffered from disruption of mental abilities. And there's certainly a lot of investment in trying to figure out whether you could target the brain remotely, it's much more difficult to figure out how you could read the brain remotely.
2: Let's get to that, because I think it's one of the most important and crucial questions about how this develops. And by the way, raise your hands. I'm just gonna ask this question and then we'll move to the audience. You you talked at the, end, at the beginning, you said we won't be able to read complex thoughts. It seems as though we can understand emotions. There's some way you can recreate some images inside your head. Where does this, explain where we'll be in one year, where we'll be in five years, and where you would estimate would be in 10 years in the complexity of thought and emotional understanding that you can have from sophisticated brainwave readers.
0: So, you know, I am a futurist. I'm not a perfect predictor of the future, but I'll give you my one year, five year, 10 year. So, focusing in the world of wearable technology as opposed to implanted technology, and I do believe that within many of our lifetimes, we'll see healthy people using implanted brain technology as well then we can decode complex thought. But wearable brain technology, I think in one year, we will be largely where we are now, but with much better form factor technology. So many companies are launching these earbuds and headphones this year that have sensors that are built in. One of the things that has limited the widespread adoption of the technology until now has been that you have to wear something like across your forehead. Most of us aren't going to do that. But when it's The same device that you're using to take calls from and also to listen to music from that also is picking up brainwave activity, it's integrated into your everyday life.
1: All right. See that? So that's the adoption campaign she's talking about there. They're going to make it simple for you to be a digital slave. Folks, you better reject this stuff. Let's continue.
0: Because of that, the decoding will largely be in the same place a year from now, but as healthy people in a widespread way start to have their brainwave data collected, the insights that we can gain through pattern recognition will exponentially increase and pretty quickly. So five years from now, what we can actually decode will be massively increased from where we are today simply because we'll have a much greater data set from which we can actually create those correlations. Again, that's frightening but promising because think about most of neurological disease and suffering are those disruptions of brain activity which we'll start to be able to pick up. 10 years from now, even wearable technology I don't think is gonna decode complex thoughts, um, but it is going to decode a lot more. And already, gamers have figured out, for example, while a person is wearing a headset, how to you know uh, prime a person through their brainwave activity to be able to decode their pin number and their home address. So you don't have to have your Full complex thought decoded to reveal your thoughts, right? It just it gets at what we think thought is.
2: And how do you decode somebody's pin number? You flash a series of numbers and see how their brain reacts to them?
0: So you have recognition memory signals that are pre conscious and subconscious, and this is part of why it's been used, for example, by governments to interrogate criminals. Do you recognize this potential co conspirator? Do you recognize yeah. Um, you know, this murder weapon, those pre-conscious signals, like what we call the P300 wave or the N400 wave, these are before you even consciously process information. So you could prime it with a number and then see if a person recognizes it. Um, And you can do it without them realizing
2: that
1: that's what you're doing.
2: So will all of our passwords be cracked first by this or quantum computing? Uh Hard to tell. (laughs) All right.
1: Uh All right, folks, let's pause for a second there. Let's pause for a second there. You see what she's uh, talking about. This is all real, by the way. Okay, so when you're talking to your friends trying to explain this to them and say you're a conspiracy theorist, you're not. This This is all real. I could spend dozens of shows on this digging down into everything she was just talking about. But you understand, like, with all that going on, With everything that's being fed into your phone, even when you're looking at it, when you take into account the personalized choose-your-own-adventure feedback loops we've talked about here on the show, do you understand in this technological system, you actually have no chance uh, for survival? You cannot escape the system from within the system. The the technology, you could never keep up with it. You don't know what it's doing. You could be getting hacked from all different places, mind-controlled. You know, having your mind bent. I mean, there is no escaping the system from within the system. There's no stopping it. We're not reforming it. I mean, this is a conversation on reforming and governing it. All right, this is the best you're going to get. This is it. This is the type of woman who gets to draft up legislation, bring it to Congress, and the congressman pass it. And they'll call it the cognitive constitution of liberty rights of employees wearing brain devices strapped to their head or shoved into their ears. That's it. That's the best you're going to get within the system. So tomorrow when you show up at work and they tell you in the call center that you're going to shove these earbuds in your head. Don't worry. You can listen to music don't worry you can uh, make your calls on them but we're going to be tracking your brain waves and analyzing your thoughts don't worry not complex thoughts just simple thoughts we're just going to know when you're drifting off we're going to know when you're thinking about your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever don't worry about that don't worry about that just put the earbuds in what are you going to say are you ready to say no to these people Let's continue with some questions from the audience, then we'll wrap this up. We're
0: moving past passwords pretty pretty quickly. <laughs> and I I saw hand it's go actually up. really good for passwords. Neural signatures are unique. We can use it as a biometric for passwords. Oh,
2: wonderful. Right here in the front. Oh, and by the way, um, we need to get you a microphone. There are folks watching, so hold on. There we go. All
1: right. Uh, yeah. Come on, pal. This Hurry is up. amazing stuff. Thanks. And there is a ton of need for government rule setting in this. Oh, yeah, a ton of need for government rule setting. So the government that sponsors all this technology is then going to government to protect you. How about the answer is, let's get rid of the technology, let's get rid of the government. I mean, it's not going to happen, I'm just putting it out there, folks. The government is the one that sponsors all of this. We know all the technology they're talking about grows out of programs like DARPA's Brain Initiative that goes all the way back to at least the 1970s. We know this comes out of MK Ultra mind control programs that were taking off right after World War II ended. And Sidney Gottlieb, the CIA's chief chemist, was trained by the Nazi torturers and the Japanese torturers. I mean, come on, folks. The government is gonna protect you from the government? Give me a break. Um, Not to be pessimistic on it, but having worked in government and seeing the number of things that government needs to try and get ahead of. right. Uh, I am pessimistic that government is going to be on this. Yes. You know, if you were at, I know, for instance, the World Economic Forum and you were speaking to leaders from across the globe right now, what would your advice be to them in terms of how to not F this up um, as yeah. this continues to go fast?
0: Thank you. It's an important question. Um, So first of all, I, I think it's almost impossible to keep up with any kind of regulation with the rate at which the technology is advancing. This title, The Battle for Your Brain, refers to the book that I've written on the same topic.
1: All right, pause there. You heard what she said. So even if you believe the government's going to protect you, government regulation cannot keep up with the speed of technology. This is why industrial society and its future is so important and why I've spent a lot of time on it, folks, because if you want to know the truth and you don't want to just sit here and lie to yourself and play games and run yourself in circles, the answer is that the technological system has to be torn down. I mean, if you want to save all of humanity, if you want to save yourself and your family, you need to exit the technological system. But with technology advancing so quickly in so many different areas, there is no way to reform it. There's no way to stop it. There's no way to prevent any of this from happening. It's going to lead us towards the destruction of humanity. So the first step, honestly, is to separate yourself from the system. And then you have to begin to wake up more people to want to separate themselves from the system. Because the system is going to continue to grow. This will not be regulated. And this will not be slow down it's going to keep moving at a faster and faster uh, pace and as technology continues to get better and to grow it's just going to grow faster and faster until the point in which it hits exponential growth which is then you reach this point what ray kurzweil chief engineer at google calls singularity where ai becomes smarter than man which who knows we're probably close to that and then once it's smarter than man, we're forced to merge with it. Well, what is this when you're putting earbuds in your head? What is this when you're wearing the iWatch? What is this when you're wearing the Fitbit? You're merging with it. You're merging with the machine. You've already fallen for the trap. Let's continue.
0: Um, And in it, I propose this right to cognitive liberty as a default starting place. That gives, I think, all of us a starting place for how to think about it, changing the default rules to give people a right to self-determination over their brains and mental experiences. We don't have to wait for human rights to be updated, to operate as if we have cognitive liberty. And the way we do that is by recognizing, if we start by saying people have a right to freedom of thought, a right to um, self-determination over their brain and mental experiences, and a right to mental privacy, then when you're in the workplace and you're deciding to monitor You're going to monitor just for fatigue levels, even though you could capture and figure out, oh, this person has amorous feelings. You're going to do data minimization and best practices that respect the autonomy of the individual. You're not going to try to disrupt their thought patterns in order to make them more productive, recognizing they have a right to freedom of thought. And so I think it's about... Operating as if we have those set of freedoms and liberty in every way that it's ruled out in society.
1: Folks, we already have cognitive liberty somewhat, somewhat. You're being manipulated all the time through TV and your phone and everything else, but we already have cognitive liberty. So they're inventing a technology that's going to disrupt the cognitive liberty and then telling you that they're going to self-govern the technology to allow you to continue to have cognitive liberty, meaning the technology is designed to take away your cognitive liberty. So they have to tell you they're not going to take away your cognitive liberty until they take away your cognitive liberty. Do you understand this? Put the earbuds in your head. That's the end, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end. Your autonomy is gone whatsoever. It's already pretty much gone. But this is you directly giving it to them. This is all revelation of method. This is what part of what World Economic Forum exists for. They're telling you what they're going to do. If you go along with it, then you did it on your exercising of your own free will. Meaning you turned over your freedom, your liberty, and your human autonomy to them willingly, willingly. Therefore, they have the right to do whatever it is they're going to do to you because you gave it up. You gave it up to them. You could have quit your job. You chose to get vaccinated. That's on no one but you. But I'll lose my job. Oh, well, folks. Oh, well, that's the choice you make. No one held you down, strapped you to a gurney, and shoved the needle in your arm. At the end of the day, it was your choice. Let's continue. Speaking as a
2: CEO, I'm sure all CEOs will use it completely responsibly. The woman uh, in blue in the front here
1: and let me just bring this up because it's important so if you say well i need the job well you need the job to turn your labor into food coupons to continue to pay your mortgage your car payments whatever else it is you're doing maybe your kids college tuition well guess what Those are all things that operate inside the technocratic system. These are all constructs of the technocratic system. So by you saying, I need to get the vaccine to keep the job, to get the food coupons, to pay for these things, you made a conscious choice to continue to live inside the technocratic system because you were willing to take the shot in trade for continuing to live inside the construct of the technological system. That was a choice you made. You could have chosen to say no and exit the system, sell whatever you have, buy 10 acres in West Virginia, move there, and then go figure out what you're going to do with your life. But you chose because you were panicked and you didn't want to lose all these things that you've acquired inside the materialistic construct of the technocratic system you chose to stay within the system. You have no one to blame for yourself at that point. I mean, we can blame these guys, the bad guys. They're the ones who force you into the situation. Most people, the vast majority, 99.999% don't understand what I just said. So it's hard to blame them. I'm just saying, if you're out there in the audience looking for answers, I always say, look in the mirror first. You've got to look in the mirror and you got to say, how much of this am I willing to put up with? Where is my line in the sand? Where do I draw this line that I'm not going to cross? We were caught off guard with COVID land, the high school theater production. But moving forward, you have no one to blame but yourself for this. Honestly, you point the finger at them. We know they are the problem. We know what they want. We know what they're trying to do to us. Now, if you continue to move forward into the trap, you have to start to blame yourself at a certain point. All right. Let's continue.
3: Hi, I'm Julie. I'm one of the world. I'm the world's first online harms regulator. I'm out of Australia, um, and um, this was mind blowing. But you might have known that. Um, but I, I do think this is an issue where we can't leave companies to their own devices on these devices, um, and there are principles like safety by design and privacy by design that are largely voluntary. But we just can't be sure unless there are uh, standards and regulations that um, these guardrails are going to be erected because we're still in the era of moving fast and breaking things. And I loved that you, um, you had the positive use cases and I was just thinking with the motor neurons and people who are disabled and could wear haptic suits and you could have sensation that you've never had. But I also work with women who experience technology facilitated abuse as a form of course of control and most of that is low-tech it's it's um, it's text it's love bombings it's gaslighting think of a perpetrator um, got a hold of um, can really coerce the brain yes. so um, I, I, I do hope that you are calling for governments to think ahead and be anticipatory and start engaging, not not to um, stop innovation, but um, to be responsible and ethical. Um, and I, I don't know that we can rely on companies in this distributed world.
1: I wholeheartedly. Okay, so. This woman starts off seeming like she's gonna talk against it and then she goes right back to it. Well, let's not stop innovation. Uh, We can't trust these companies to govern themselves, but we can trust the government to regulate it. The government is the one funding these companies. The government allows the companies to actually exist. The technology grows out of incubators that are created by and funded by and staffed by the very government that people think are gonna come in and regulate this. It only leads me to believe, Either these questions or plants, or these people obviously want this stuff. This woman starts off pretending she's against it, and by the time she's done, she talked herself into saying, let's not stop the innovation. Let's ask the government to regulate it. Let's see what this wicked witch has to say.
0: I agree, right? So I, 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 I'm giving you the positive use cases because what I don't want the reaction to be is let's ban this, right? But I do think that the most important thing we can do is to start with a different set of default rules. And that default rule is the right to cognitive liberty is a right of individuals, is a fundamental right to what it means to be human. And that as a starting place for the implementation of the technology is very different than how we've thought about any other technology.
1: If we have cognitive liberty, then the only answer would be to ban the technology. That's the only answer. You don't say we have cognitive liberty. Now, let's move forward with a device that removes cognitive liberty. You say we have cognitive liberty. We are banning this technology. See, it's not going to happen, right? It's not going to occur. I'm just pointing out to you how they use this wizard talk to confuse you. So they're gonna give you something that is your human right, cognitive liberty. So they're gonna now give it to you. They're the, they're the owners of it. So they're going, here, we're giving you cognitive liberty. Now put the earphones in your head and we promise we're not gonna take away the cognitive liberty that we just gave you. Right, come on, folks, come on.
0: I believe that the brain is so fundamental to our sense of self And the freedom of thought is so fundamental to what it means to be able to flourish as a human being. That unless we start.
1: She already started the conversation 30 minutes ago telling you that being human was nothing more than data, that your uh, thoughts, your feelings, all of this was just data. She already reduced you to a machine. And now she's going to sit here and say she sees the brain that just creates data as being human. She has no respect for humanity whatsoever. Don't let her fool you. This woman is an anti human transhumanist, ladies and gentlemen it is clear clear as day
0: with the default rule it really could become the most oppressive technology that we've ever unleashed
1: meaning we are building the most oppressive technology and we are going to unleash it on you that is the wizard talk 100 percent decoded for you we are building this oppressive technology the most oppressive technology of all time and we are going to unleash it on humanity
0: I don't want that because I also think it can be the most empowering technology that we-
1: Meaning she wants it. That's what she said.
0: ...ever realized if we do it right. But it's a call to action. It's a call to do it right now by adopting a universal right to cognitive liberty.
1: She's calling for the advancement of it. That's what she just said. She said she's calling for us to adopt some fake made up cognitive liberty right, which we all have as humans to begin with, so that they can now take it away from you. That's what she's doing. This is clear as day, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That was World Economic Forum. Brain transparency. Tomorrow, we're going to continue with industrial society and its future. The revolution against the technocratic system is going to make a lot more sense to you, I think, now that we looked at smart poles and smart dust and these new brain devices, folks. You will understand why it is so pressing that you start to make moves to exit the system. At the same time, it's pressing that you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts along with a comment. Join us at pain.tv/go for less than nine dollars a month, and think about leaving us a donation at donorbox.org/slash. Dustin Gold Show. Get some skin in the game. If you value this show, please show us you care. DonorBox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. I'll be back tomorrow for episode 140. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold.
3: The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under
1: control in order to change a human being. Or listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold